What is happening today? We are going to go deep with Colin Mitchell, who is previously a partner over at Ledium, where he specialized on cold outbound, one of the hardest things in business to crack. On top of it, he has a top global podcast. And so love hearing Colin's perspective on really how to translate business and cold outreach into hardcore revenue. He's done this with multiple companies personally, and at the same time, he's helped other companies deploy this as well. I think you'll enjoy this episode because literally this is one of the most common questions asked is how to crack this nut. So look forward to having you here and seeing you in the episode. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Colin Mitchell. Colin is a personal friend of mine. I've known him for about three years-ish. Ish, right, Colin? Yeah. Uh, he is the managing partner at Ledium, and he's also the host of the Sales Transformation Podcast. Something super exciting that just happened recently is Colin was also recognized as a LinkedIn top voice. Colin, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Yeah, man. Gl- always glad to catch up with you. Um, you know, love the. I always love seeing the the Tommy Boy uh, artwork <laughs> back there. Makes me laugh. Um, and you know, I think. Uh, we've been on each other's shows uh, a couple, couple of times, uh, but there's always something new and fresh and exciting for us to, to riff about. Yeah, man. It's been, I was checking, it's probably been a good year and a half or so. So it's like maybe almost two years and I'm like, oh shit, that's way too long. We got, we got to dial this back up, get this fired yeah. up and get it going. Like a lot's changed on my side, a lot's changed on your side. And it's just always good to reconnect, man. Like in real life, verbally yeah. versus just over like DMs or something like that or email. So um, anyways, man. So, so why don't you give everyone just a background on a little bit about what you're doing right now, what you're focused on and, and just let's, let's kind of kick things off there in case they haven't heard the previous episodes. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, I'm currently the managing partner over at Ledium. Um, I've known, uh, Kevin and Sergey, the co-founders there for, for quite some time. Um, I actually used to be a Ledium customer at one point. Um, so, it, you know, made it fairly easy to, to join them after I kind of wrapped up the last thing that I was doing. Um, you know, legacy of, of Ledium is we do full multi-channel outbound operated by a U.S.-based SDR team. Um, so working with, you know, early stage companies or even just trying to figure out product marketing fit, product messaging fit, um, uh, to even larger companies, um, helping them, you know, launch into new markets, new service lines, um, everything in B2B, a lot of tech SaaS and service-based businesses as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, basically, uh, there's a lot, it's a fairly crowded space, um, but there's very few that have been around for almost 10 years. Um, and there's even less that actually have a good reputation, uh, for the work that they do. Yeah, I totally agree with you. There's there is a lot of noise. I get my leg humped uh, daily on LinkedIn from people <laughs> that are providing some kind of outbound service, and yeah. most of it sucks on their outbound approach to me. So I know as a fact it would not work. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I think like outbound's really interesting because like that's how that was one of the primary strategies from a revenue growth side that I used when I was a VP of sales with my team. We didn't have any SDRs or marketing. So we had full cycle reps doing yeah. outbound and we grew from zero to 30 million AR in like five and a half years. And it was a small team of four and a half. So like 
I'm a believer that it could work if done right. Uh, I think there's a lot of noise going on in that space right now. And, you know, this is what I wanted to talk to you about today is like the number one thing that I keep hearing is outbound is dead. Right. So like, what's your, what's your feedback on that and your approach to it? Because I'm really curious to what you're seeing in the market because you're looking at this at scale like a lot of other companies are not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and that's kind of morphed from cold calling is dead to email is dead to outbound is dead, right? (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily that it's dead. It's just different. It's very different, right? Um, When when Lidium first started, you know, before I joined, you know, majority of clients were email-only campaigns, right? And we could book 20 meetings a month for a client strictly on email without ever picking up the phone. Um, and so those times have changed, right? I think the dirty little secret that at least sales agencies don't want to tell people uh, is email's hard. It's harder than it's ever been. And for a lot of reasons, that's because number one, data is more accessible, right? You don't have to get locked up into some long-term Zoom info contract to get people's emails anymore, right? There's, I mean, there's new solutions popping up all the time. Some are better than others. Some are more expensive than others. Uh, but generally, uh, data is more accessible, right? So that means it lowers the barrier of entry of people that can send outreach. And then uh, same thing with sales, sales engagements or sales automation platforms, right? You know, you used to be only a few players on the market, outreach, sales loft, uh, Apollo, right? Um, and those typically are like minimum user count, 12 month contract. Not a lot of folks are going to, you know, be a good fit for that. But, you know, now you can spend 40, 50 bucks and send thousands of emails, right? Um, and then marry that with AI being able to write messaging, right? A lot, I think a lot of reasons why people maybe never did cold outreach, uh, specifically if we're talking email is they might think, oh, I'm not good at writing emails or I don't know what to write or maybe they've done it and then didn't have much success. And a lot of those folks think, well, AI is the solution, right? It'll write it for me. Um, we ha- we've thoroughly test, tested using AI with building up lots of context um, and feeding the machine, which most people don't even spend that much time to you know, get the give enough input to actually get a good output. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not good enough. It, it, there's just certain things about writing an email or a message as a human uh, with the business context and experience that you have that is different than what AI will, will output for you. Um, so that's kind of email. Now with phone, um, you know, for a while people tried to avoid phone, right? Social selling, sending LinkedIn DMs, cold emails, and they kind of got spoiled with you know, booking enough meetings across those channels that phone was not a priority for them. So now you have sales teams who are reluctant to pick up the phone. They don't have experience um, on the phone. They're also younger, maybe generation of people where uh, they prefer like text messaging and stuff like that, right? Well, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you. Like they don't even call their friends. Like, like, it's like, I remember like, with my team, and this isn't putting anybody in buckets, right? But just um, I'm generalizing, so I don't have to say specific people's names, right? But I had folks that were in the millennial age bracket, right? And there would be the most like obvious times in the world where you're going back and forth with someone and they're just not getting the message or they're getting yeah. pissed off or something like that's yeah. happening and they just keep texting. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, 
Just pick up the phone. Like you've been emailing back and forth for an hour. Just pick up the phone. You'll get it done in two minutes. And there's still like that. It's like hardwired into them not to do that. And like my kids are, you know, 13 and 11. Right. So I'm pressing on them not to fall into that same trap where it's like picking up the phone is like, you know, something, I don't know. Anyways, minor rant, but just wanted to throw that in there. Well, you, you, you end up having this email thread that it's just like, the last seven emails are only you, the sales rep. And it's another ju- just following up, just, just checking up. in, just How's checking in. Hey, just wanted to check in. You didn't respond to my last six emails, but thought I'd send a very similar email again, hoping that maybe you'll reply to this one. Right. Um, right. But, you know, outbound is different, right? So the easiest way for outbound to work and be different is to zig when everybody else is zagging. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some, there's some, I would say the number one thing is multi-channel works and knowing and also using channel optimized data too, right? Like don't reach out to people on LinkedIn if they're not active on LinkedIn, right? Or if you're using LinkedIn as your primary channel to build relationships, connect with people and send DMs, don't leave it there, right? Because not everybody checks LinkedIn every day. Um, DMs can go dark really quickly, Right. And so pick up the phone, call them. Hey, Ryan, you know, we connected last week. I'm sure you probably get a lot of messages. Maybe you missed my last one, but I thought I'd give you a call. Do you, do you have, do you have a minute? It's now a good time. Right. And that's how you can get into good conversations and start to build relationships with your prospects. Um, the other thing is everybody wants to pitch, right? I mean, the messages that everybody gets is just very about me, my product, my service, my features, my benefits, like we've been talking about this for so long. Like why are people not getting the memo that that does not work? Um, if you take a different approach where you're probing, you're asking questions, you're trying to find pain or problems that, you know, you can tie your solution to, uh, that's the sort of approach that works across all channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And like the multi-channel optimization is huge because you're right. There's, there's certain folks that are on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's not the end all be all. Um, and then the multi-channel approach, I love that. And here's a real, here's a real world example. This is, this is crazy. So it was somebody that, and this is a, like a personal example. And there was someone that, uh, I was, I've been, I met at a conference. They heard me speak at an event and they talked to me afterwards like, Hey, interested in what you did. Yeah. You know, met the founder and the the head of sales. It just wasn't right timing or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we're going to reconnect later this year that's better timing. You know, one of those, right? Which sometimes that equals nothing, sometimes it equals something. And so I posted something on LinkedIn and literally he liked it, right? He liked it um, and put a comment. Like he must've thought I had some stalker, you know, technology <laughs> on it. Cause as soon as he yeah. did that, I'm like, you know what? Like I, I started to send him an email. I go, what are you doing? I just pick up the phone. So I picked up the phone and he's like, hello? Yeah. <laughs> like, like shocked. Yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah, yeah, great yeah. Job on commenting, right? Long story yeah. short, that ended up turning into a client like a couple weeks later or three weeks later because yeah. of that. So yeah, I think that people uh, are shocked when you call them, right? Yeah, people are surprised. Like, um, you know, I I still um, I still make cold calls with our SDR team just because, frankly, like we're testing some new things, and sometimes like we have clients, like we're a small boutique sales agency, right? We only manage like 50, 55 accounts at any given time. Um, and part of it is like, hey, if I can get in 
on, you know, nooks and make some calls with them, you know, use it as kind of a training session, maybe even book a meeting for a client. Um, or we're even starting to test outbound for ourselves. Funny mm-hmm. thing is we've been in business for almost 10 years. All of our leads come through inbound, um, which is great because the calendar's full all the time. But the problem with inbound, as we all know, is like you get what you get, right? With outbound, yeah. you get what you want. Um, yeah. And that's a big difference, right? And I know you're a big component, um, Ryan, of like really segmenting and going after what you know your best clients are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with inbound, you don't have any control over that. You get what yeah. you get. Um, good percentage of it, like you probably should never meet with in the first place. Um, then there's a you know another bucket of folks that are shopping around. There's another bucket of folks that are kicking the tires, right? And then you get you know a small portion of people that are like really in market and ideal good fit for you. Um, so yeah, we're even starting to test outbound for the first time for ourselves. Um, and 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 uh, and so yeah, I spend time you know making cold calls with our team. Okay. Which is good, man. Cause like you're in the thick of it and most leaders don't do that. So I think that's an awesome way a to lead and B to like get real market data that's valuable for yeah. you and, and your clients. Right. I'm also just kind of weird. I actually enjoy it. Like, you know, I, I like staying in the trenches and being on the kind of front lines of stuff. Um, most people are like, gosh, I would never make a cold call again if I didn't have to. Um, but I don't know. I get some weird satisfaction out of it. If <laughs> like calling a stranger that, man. Like, and building relationships, you know? Yeah. I love getting in the data or I love like strategy meetings with clients and like formulating that and navigating that. So that's like my jam on that side of the direct interaction. I think like I had, uh, my first job out of school, I worked for literally a boiler room, right? Where oh, yeah. I had, to, I wasn't selling stocks that didn't exist or penny stocks. Right. I was selling basically training, for CIOs and CTOs of investment banks and brokerages. So like I had to get a hold of like the CTO of Deutsche Bank, right? And I was calling them in Germany, right? So like I did all sorts of weird shit to make it happen, but I was doing 250 dials a day. So here's what I would say. It was a really, really good character builder. And there's a, if you have to do that and you're embracing the suck from your perspective, not not like Colin who loves it, right? Yeah, has a stick fascination with cold calling. No, I'm just joking, yeah. With you, man. Yeah, but but I think we but, all start in some sort of version of a boiler room, though, right? Yeah, um, and it, but <laughs> but that, there's so many other sales skills and, and like leadership skills that build on top of that, right? It's so foundational. Oh yeah, I think the biggest one is tough skin, right? Yeah, um, people don't talk about that as much anymore. But like, you know, you, when you're in a that sort of environment where you're making hundreds of calls, like you eat rejection for breakfast and. <laughs> you know, you start to learn things like, Hey, some, some will, some won't next call. Right. And like, you don't let that rejection really impact you. You don't bring that negative energy into your next phone call, your next sales call. Right. Um, those are things that, you know, are that you learn being in a bullpen, right. Making oh, yeah. a bunch of calls. Uh, cause I started in a boiler room, um, environment as well. And, uh, you'll love, you'll love this. Cause I know you can relate, uh, selling office equipment and supplies. Oh yeah. No, dude, I, yeah. I did, I did some of that too, where it was managed print. Um, and, uh, very tertiary, you know, element to that. That's a hard, hard situation to be in. Cause it is literally one of the most unsexiest things you could sell, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's not attractive. It's not, um, exciting. Right. And they have lots uh, of options, right? So you got to get your buyers to buy into you. Yeah. It's so true, man. So true.
Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter. Check out other free content resources I have there. And let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So, and that, that's what's starting to happen with software. But, but before we go there, I, I, you know, the question I had, and I'm going to go back to the whole pitch slap idea, right? Um, yeah. Where you reach out to someone on LinkedIn and then there's the whole, not you, but there's the whole pitch slap or the connection automatic pitch uh, appointment yeah. ask, right? So like if you had to break it down into a, a three to five step framework of how you would approach that the right way, right? The right way. So. Yeah. Breaking down, like what? Let me take it from this perspective. Break down if if you had to go from cold to sold, from connecting to someone on LinkedIn to effectively converting them into an opportunity. What's the steps, and how would you kind of approach it? Looking through that kind of question, value, whole kind of idea and concept, you know, step by step. How would you approach it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the first thing is, and here's where most people go wrong: targeting is key. Targeting is such a essential part of the strategy. People don't spend enough time segmenting down their list um, to where they can actually make a big enough impact, right? You don't need thousands of people to reach out to. You might need a thousand, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can reach out to those thousand people in a meaningful way, uh, meaning like, you know, I I said earlier, like we don't use, um, you know, we don't use AI to write any messages, but we definitely use AI for research. Like why the heck wouldn't you? Um, you know, it's makes you way more efficient. So, you know, when you're building out messaging, you can use merge fields. That's fine. That doesn't mean the message isn't personalized. Um, whether you're doing the research one off, right. And then sending a personalized message or you're doing it at scale for many people and then leveraging that data to write good personalized messages, it's still the end result. And some people would argue, oh, that's not really personalization. I'm not talking about merge fields like, hey, Ryan, you're in Chicago. Or, hey, Ryan, notice we're in the same industry, X, right? That's not personalization, right? But like, if I can see, well, hey, Ryan posts on LinkedIn and he talks about this and um, he's located here and here's a local coffee shop that I've been to before that's in that area, like things like that, right? Um, you know, you can do that at scale. Um, but I think the, the number one thing is targeting, right? And then doing your research in advance, um, and spending, everybody wants to hit go on that button of putting you into sequence, right? And if you spend a little bit more time on the targeting, building the messaging with everything that you know about that person, whether it's their personality type, where they're located, what they talk about on social, what the recommended channel is to reach out to them, right? Not that hard to figure out, well, hey, if Ryan, if I cold call Ryan, does he actually pick up the phone or not? Also not hard to see if Ryan is active on LinkedIn and what he talks about on LinkedIn. Those are not hard things to figure out. So uh, spending a little bit more time in your list building and research phase, all is going to help you significantly. Um, Now, where most people go wrong is exactly what you said. It's that connect and pitch, right? And so you want to do the opposite. You want to connect, you want to nurture, you want to add value, you want to build a relationship. We all want conversions. Get it. Um, But if you do it right and you ask questions and you pique curiosity and interest with your messaging, uh, they'll ask for a meeting, right? They may say, hey, it looks interesting. Love to learn more. 
Like that's, that's them asking for a meeting. That's a signal. Um, and so that's kind of what you're shooting for. What you don't want to do is ask for the meeting, send them a calendar link and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, and a lot of times where people go wrong with messaging is they're too assumptive. They assume things about you, um, rather than asking. And if you take mm-hmm. that approach, it's very different. And you could even lighten it a little bit like, Hey, just kind of a shot in the dark here. Not sure if this is relevant. Um, you know, and then you can ask a question and, and those sort of things work. But generally speaking on LinkedIn, casual short messaging is what will work. And people are used to getting a connection request and they're even a little gun shy to accept them now. Right. Because I am, uh, Dude, I am. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. the borderline ones. I'm like, eh. Um, we should, you know, we, we could almost do a whole show on the top three LinkedIn connection type requests not to take, right? Like, yeah. we, could, we could almost, or top. There, yeah. There's ones you look at and you're like, oh, I know this is suspect, <laughs> right? Um, and then there's others where you're like, uh, they kind of look like a business professional, you know? And then you're like, ah, oh, they got me. They got me, right? Because as soon as you connect, like I'm talking, they send you a message. uh, Those of you that listen to the podcast, you can't see, but if you're watching a video, like a you know paragraph long message, and 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 you get that message five seconds after you connect, and it's like it would take more than five seconds to even write that message. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And then at the bottom, of course, don't forget it's got the calendarly link. Oh yeah. Why wouldn't <laughs> yeah. it? Cause it works so well. Right. Yeah. And account, so right? you just got to do the exact opposite of that really short messaging. And then here's the, here's the, like a, here's a small hack that most people don't realize naturally. Like people aren't just sitting on LinkedIn all day. Like wait, Oh, Ryan accepted. Yeah. Let's send him a message. Right. There, a, more of a delay is better. Right. So it's like, Hey, Ryan accepted my connection request on Monday. Maybe I don't send you a message till Wednesday. Right. And that message says, Hey, Ryan, I know you accept, you know, I know you replied on, and even if you reply, you don't even have to reply right away. People don't expect that. Right. This is not texting. Right. Um, Hey, just saw your message right now. I was actually out of the office or, you know, Hey, you know, the DM, you know, LinkedIn inbox can get a little bit, you know, um, hard to manage, but I wanted to get back to you. So speak like a human. And, you know, if you try to like rush the process, it's going to, it's going to go again. It's going to hurt you. Um, because you now look and sound like everybody else that's doing LinkedIn wrong on the platform and what they're used to seeing. And I got one other question for you on this. So what do you think about inbound connection requests from your target? You're like your ICP, your, your really refined research. How do you approach those? Cause like I'm, I, because of the content I'm creating, I'm starting to get a lot of those. And I have some things that I think are working well, but love to hear your, yeah. your take on it, man. So if you're engaging with them and you're putting out content that resonates with them, like you're going to have inbound connection requests. Like I can tell you, um, and just, it, it really depends, right? We've been talking about going outbound here, um, but there's definitely a approach to LinkedIn being an inbound channel, right? Um, now it being an inbound channel takes a lot of work and a lot of patience and most people give up before it starts to work. Um, and so that means connecting and engaging with people in your ideal customer profile and putting out content, um, that resonates with them. And guess what? They're not going to engage with your content. Most of the time they're going to hit your website and fill out a form or they're going to send you a DM. Um, and if you are consistent and you show up and you do it regularly, 
uh, it does work. Now, is it a channel that you can rely on to fulfill your top of funnel needs? Probably not. Um, but I can tell you those leads when they come in, like they're very warm, right? Cause they're like, Hey Ryan, been listening to your podcast for the last, you know, six months. Yeah. Uh, really found this and that interesting. I have this really specific problem. Seems like you could probably help me with it. Right. And it's like, there is qualified and warm, right? Cause we, we, some people agree or disagree. People buy from people they know, like, and trust, but, mm-hmm. but them coming in mm-hmm. inbound from consuming your content, whether that's on LinkedIn, YouTube, newsletter, podcast, um, they already kind of know, like, and trust you. Yeah, it's true, man. <laughs> it's true. Um, I like, and to, to circle back with something that I see that works well, if there's someone that's like that perfect title and there's, there's no, message for the request, right? Let's say it's more the medium yeah. where, but it's like, let's say it's an executive at a really big company or ideal company that I'd like to work with. Sometimes they'll just be like, Hey, appreciate you reaching out. Like after I connect with them, you know, wh- why did you just, or like, how did you decide to reach out to me? Or like what inspired you to, you know, to connect? Yeah. yeah and then yeah, a lot yeah. of times they'll be like, Oh, really enjoy your content. Or and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. What did you enjoy? Right. And then you start having a combo with them. Like you're talking about, and then, yeah. you know, if you try and help them, like, hey, any other content you'd like to see or be value, then that kind of organically turns into opportunities is kind of what I see. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that. I, I actually used to, I stopped doing that, but I, I, it's a good reminder, right? It's just asking that simple question. Hey, you know, what, what prompted you to reach out? Right. And that opens yeah. up the dialogue quite well. Yeah. And it's, um, it's hard though. Cause like, there's a lot of these, it's like, and, and like, I'm sure you're, you're like me or you're, you're maybe might more advanced with me in terms of like systems thinking, but then it's like, okay, like how can I create this in a repeatable format, you know, with, with systemizing it so that I understand how to monitor, track it, respond, all that kind of stuff. Right. Not just from your own personal time, but organization and everything else. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and and there's 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 a few tools out there that are trying to solve for this, right? Like um, Lead Delta would be one, right? It's kind of more of like a tool that connects to your LinkedIn that operates as a CRM, right? So you okay. can like tag and schedule follow ups, and like I think that's kind of been the missing piece for a lot of people is like, hey, I've got you know five, ten, twenty thousand you know connections, you know, and uh, at one point one of them could have been you know your ideal customer could have been a warm lead, uh, but there's no system in place to track, monitor, or follow up. Mm -hmm. And so those get lost. Yeah. Good point, man. Good point. Okay. So let's shift gears. Uh, I want to talk to you about the thing that I nerd out on, which I know you're not as big of a fan as as I am, but let's talk about like artificial intelligence. And I want to talk to you specifically about how it affects, you know, how it's affecting outbound and what's your overall take on it in terms of really positive use cases and then use cases that are, are not so good right now. Yeah. So it's definitely lowering the barrier of entry, uh, to do outreach, right? Because people that are maybe a little less confident in their writing abilities or, uh, being able to craft outbound messages, uh, feel that this is the solution. Well, hey, I've always sucked at writing cold emails. Let AI write it for me. Um, 
the thing that I'm a big fan and component of AI for is the research, right? Because it can analyze 10Ks, it can analyze people's social, it can identify the personality type, it can do a lot of things that you could not do at scale um, or you know, can do much more efficient and accurate than you could on your own. So I'm a big fan of it on that front. What I'm not a fan of AI is uh, writing your messages for you. And mm-hmm. that's not because we haven't tested it. Like um, we've tested it thoroughly and tested it with like building up lots and lots of context. Um, the other thing, uh, and, and so what, what I would say, how that's hurting outbound as like a strategy is there's just way more noise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, people are smart and they can spot it, right? Like there's things that are just not as natural, um, not as personal, uh, or not as human about, um, you know, what that messaging looks like versus if I wrote it, even like writing things more casual or, uh, with maybe some, you know, grammar errors or something like that, which would be more natural human. Um, could you tell the AI, AI to do that? Probably. Um, you know, you might have a different opinion because I know you have tested it probably more than most. Well, let's dig into the research first and then let's hit the customization and there, there might be opportunity um, to uh, to figure this out. So uh, in terms of the research, you know, looking at 10Ks, annual reports, what's your approach for that? Like what what tool do you like to use to to surface that information like and or like what are the best prompts or examples, you don't have to give the exact prompt, but the ideas of how someone can execute that very simply and easy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think ChatGPT, I think, I don't know, are you, I, I forgot, are you more of a ChatGPT or Bard uh, fan? I know you've tested both. Um, I, like, I probably use ChatGPT more, but I love certain use cases for Bard. So, or no, not yeah. Bard. I love certain use cases for Claude and... Dude, I, I just posted about this literally. I had an adult temper tantrum with Bard. Check this shit out. Because it was I had this awesome prompt, right, that nailed it every time, and Bard was the only one that could do it. Next thing yeah. you know, I roll this thing up, and someone in my member site for my, my sales day accelerator is like, hey, man, this isn't working. Ryan, this isn't working for me. This, I'm like, okay, I'll check it out, right? So I check it out, and the shit says, you know, freaking Bard's like, I'm sorry. I cannot help you with this. Like, I do not have that information. And I'm like, I'm like mother effort, right? I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you have the largest language data set in the entire world based on all your search data. I go, that is a lazy answer. I go, do better. The world's counting on you. Make it happen, right? And I, yeah. I, I did it. I did that across two interactions. This is a weird thing, Colin. It gave me the best response it's ever given for that. It's like, yeah, you're right. Sorry for the 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 oversight. Here it is. Here's exactly what you need. And then here's the other thing that most people won't ever tell you. I said, okay, so I make sure that I get the response I need from you. What's the prompt that you would need to recreate this? Mm. Right. And then it gave me a prompt template that I could use. So anyways, just food for thought, man. So, so uh, what's your take on it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've have, I have way more experience using chat GPT. Um, And you know, I like a lot of the advancements with, you know, a lot of the plugins and stuff like that, that they've, uh, rolled out, but I'll be honest, I've started to scale back with using it. 
um, I was, you know, kind of early adopter and, and, and used it quite a bit. And then, um, you know, Kevin tested it a lot, um, you know, to, to write messaging and, and things like that. And just wasn't good enough for us. I mean, he spent a lot of time tinkering around with it, uh, building up contacts and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's evolving every day, right? Yeah. Like I think the biggest thing is the things that people are saying it's not good enough to do today either comes down to one or two things. Either they're not good at building the prompts or the inputs for it to be good enough for mm-hmm. them to use. Um, or it's just not there yet, but it will probably be soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, in terms of messaging, I think there, there are ways you, you, there's ways to use it where I think it's pretty sharp. I don't have the the quantity of volume at scale. And I'm not just talking when I say messaging across cold outreach, I'm talking across everything, right? I'm talking about positioning for proposal. I'm talking about follow-up emails. I'm talking about any kind of thing that you would have with an interaction with a customer. So there's, there's some definite unique ways you could use it that, knocks the cover off the ball. Uh, there's some unique ones. Like I think um, one of the ones that I do like Bard for using is basically aggregating G2 research um, mm-hmm. for competitors and then having a sequence built around that from that. Right. So like of the weaknesses of the competitors versus your strengths. Um, that's something I've seen work pretty well, which most people aren't doing. Yeah. And it allows you to do at scale pretty fast. You know, so but, um, but my question for you would be like, is the messaging ever for you a hundred percent good, or is it ninety, ninety-five percent, ninety-nine percent there, or you still got to make some adjustments? Yeah, I would say um, you could get it where it's like ninety-five percent of the way there. Yeah, right. Um, See, and most people don't want to do that extra little five percent of making it good enough to use. Um, you know, they right. want to just take whatever they get and run with that. Yeah. You're so right, man. It's, it's like laziness at scale, right? <laughs> like people are like, yeah, I just, yeah. I want to take a pill and lose 20 pounds in a couple of weeks. Right. Which is a, uh, what Ozempic or whatever the hell, like there's, yeah. there's a lot of people that, that have used that for that. Anyways, I digress. So um, anyways, man, we're just about up on time. Where can people find you? Where can they find more about Ledium? I think this is awesome. And I love having you on, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, always a pleasure coming on. I think the, the first thing people could do is like, make sure that they share the show, write a review. It takes a lot to put on a good show. Um, what you've been doing consistently for, for quite some time. Um, and then if, if, uh, you know, whatever podcast channel you're listening to this on, you can check out sales transformation. That's the best place to, uh, find out everything we got going on. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on Colin. And it was awesome having you on the episode and I will see you all on the next episode as well. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.